Hello, casters, listeners, newbies, and that one guy who only listens because he knows Austin. Welcome to God's Man. Be prepared to be encouraged and uplifted as Austin takes a look at biblical principles that practically apply to your everyday life and relationship with God. Gentlemen, please welcome Austin Keller. Welcome back to God's Man, Season 2, Episode 9, titled Burnin', recorded September 26th, 2019. It's good to be back here, finally, uh, making another podcast. It's been a while, took a little bit of a break, and then was waiting for uh, a a good message that I, I really felt would be good to put out there to get us back on the road here. So, um, this title again, titled Burn In for this podcast. And so, let's let's dig in here. And this is nothing new. I'm sure many of you already know this information. You've heard some of this information as well. But um, I just thought we'd kind of put it together, talk about it, and uh, see where it goes from there. So, do I have any pyromaniacs out there? People who just love to play with fire or... Maybe most of you have some sort of an experience, either making fire, um, lighting things on fire, or maybe keeping a fire going. Here's some things that you probably have noticed with um, fire. Number one, it can burn. (laughs) I think that's the number one thing that we do learn very quickly. Um, If you get too close to it, it gets hot, it can burn. Um, It can spread very fast. Um, It can hurt. Um, but fire does more than just negative things. So let's uh, let's kind of see what we've got here. We're going to start with some scripture. Off with uh, Shaftem, which is Judges 15, 4 through 5 in the Complete Jewish Bible. So Shemsam, or Shemshun, which is Samson, went and caught 300 foxes. Then he took torches, tied pairs of foxes to each other by their tails and put a torch in the knot of every pair of tails. Then he set the torches on fire and let the foxes loose in the wheat fields of the Plishtim, which is the Philistines. In this way, he burned up the harvested wheat along with the grain waiting to be harvested, and the olive orchards as well. So we have Samson He has 300 foxes that he has caught. He ties pairs together. So each one, there's two. So 300 divided by two gives you 150. So there's 150 pairs of foxes. They're all tied together um, by their tails. And inside the knot that they're tied to, um, there's this torch. And a torch is just like kind of a stick or some sort of an item that has fire on it. So... They've got this fire, and he he sets those torches on fire, and he lets those foxes loose. So you have 150 paired foxes running into these wheat fields of the Philistines, and they burned up all the harvested wheat and um, all the grain that is waiting to be harvested. So the ones that haven't been plucked up yet and the ones that have been plucked up. So the hard work that's already been done and the hard work that's yet to come. And also the olive orchards as well. So, um, let's read this again. That this time I'm going to do it in Judges um, 15, 4 through 5 in the King James Version. And Samson went and caught 300 foxes and took firebrands and turned tail to tail and put a firebrand in the midst between two tails. 
And when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burn up both the stocks, sorry, the shocks and also the standing corn with the vineyards and olives. So here we've got some information and it does seem like they're just slightly different. Um, one in the complete Jewish Bible is talking about wheat fields, while the one in the King James Version is talking about um, corn fields. So basically we're talking about crops here. We're talking about things that have to be harvested, things that you you use hard work to put into the ground. You nurture it, and then it grows, and then eventually you harvest it. So we have this this grain of some sort or um, the corn and the, the wheat, all of this. So all of this was already done. Some of the stuff was already harvested. Some of it was yet to be harvested. So here's some notes to keep, keep um, in mind for this. Number one is that when these foxes went out, they were not alone. They were, they were with another fox, with a buddy. Um, and so if you can imagine, I mean, foxes in, in one, in nature, they're, they're kind of like, they, they stay, they don't stay together much. They're pretty much lonely type of creatures. Um, so at least this is what I've learned. If I'm wrong, let me know. But that's, that's what I've learned is that they're kind of more of a independent type of creature. And uh, when they're adults, so <clears throat> these foxes, now that they're tied together, this is something different and new to them. I'm sure Fox A wanted to run one way while Fox B wanted to run the other way. And so that would cause a problem. But I think really the big thing was, oh my goodness, there's fire on my tail, run. <laughs> so they just wanted to run. And I'm sure one would overpower one going to the east and one would overpower the other one going to the west. And really, you just don't know where these 150 pairs of foxes are going to go. They're just going everywhere, and it's wild. So he sets these things free. They burn up all this stuff. They were not alone when they did this. Um, another thing is that there was fire involved, and fire really consumes almost everything in its path. So um, here we have food that is going to cause nourishment for people, and animals, and we're not even really getting to use it for its purpose because it's consumed, it's burned up. And this is kind of one of those things, if, if you're a Philistine or Philistine, um, you would be, uh, that that's your food. Like, that's, that's a terrible situation to go through. If you're the enemy, though, um, if you're on the side of Samson and the enemy's food has been cut off or or consumed, ate up by fire, that's like a win, that's a victory. So kind of depends on what side of the um of the tail that you are on. Um so there's some things about burning, and this is where we get kind of a uh, we could look at it as a kind of a negative thing. All this hard work, it was burned up real quick. Um great for um, Samson's side, not for the Philistines. Let's move on to another scripture, James 3, 5 through 6, King James Version. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. <clears throat> Behold, 
how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. So there's quite a bit going on in this scripture, but obviously we've got this fire, and we're comparing it with the tongue. And the tongue, um, it, it is one of the like smallest members in our body. Um, it, it, it's very, very small and that it can be so powerful that the Bible equates it to fire. And we know that when you have a fire, say just a a little matchstick, um, or even if you're using one of those, um, lighters or the ones with the stick thing that you have like a little trigger, like a gun and that, that's just a little small flame. And we know that just something that small once it touches the right thing or um, once it gets a hold of something, that fire spreads. It doesn't just stay in the small little flame. It spreads. Um, and this is where we get to how fire spreads quickly. And so in the scripture, it says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Like it can say great things, but it can also say bad things. And how... Great a matter a little fire kindleth. You start saying bad things, that fire spreads, um, and it spreads fast. So the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So you, it, it's so easy, so, so, so easy in our fleshly desires to say bad things um, about other people or about other groups of people that... When you say that, it's easy. It's like our ears want to hear that. Our, our tongues want to say that. So it is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body. So when the tongue starts speaking things, it's defiling the whole person as who you are. So when you speak bad about someone at your school or someone at your church or someone at your group that you, you attend, you say something bad, they don't say, oh, um, Johnny, Johnny's tongue is a terrible thing. No, they say Johnny is a terrible person because of the way he speaks. It's the way that he's speaking that's making Johnny seem like his whole body. He, he, him, who he is, is a bad person just because of the way he talks. Um, so we've got to be very, very careful how we speak, how we use our words. Here's the thing, though. You can also, just as easy as you can speak bad things, um, we can speak good things. And the words that we speak can spread like fire too. So if you can change being so negative, if you're a negative speaking type of person, if you can change and work on being more encouraging and uplifting and speak positive out of your mouth, You will begin to change who you are. You'll begin to change your whole body, um, how people view you as a whole person. Um, There's many examples I could use, but I like to use one of the one of the examples in my church. There's a couple ladies. um, They are kind of what I would consider pillars in our church, and I've never heard a negative thing come from their mouth. 
Like every time I'm around them or they come near me and they come and ask me or my wife or our family how we're doing, they are so encouraging. Like they they don't say anything bad. Even when someone else is saying something negative, they kind of just give that look like, oh, oh. And then they begin to speak encouraging words. It's like it changes everything. And so if if you can do that, if you can become one of those always positive people, yeah, some people try to beat you down and yeah, they, they don't you're you're going to get hurt sometimes by being positive, but if you can do that, people remember. They're going to remember that positive fire much better than what they're going to be trying to expect out of this rest of this world that is always so negative. When they need something positive, they know who to go to. That's the first person that pops in their mind is someone who's encouraging. Um, another scripture here. Acts 2, 3, King James Version. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. So here we have kind of the image of fire, um, a visual image of fire. And this fire is upon their heads. And this is really just representing the spirit of God. So the spirit of God is upon these people. Now, if you read the rest of the story, you're going to realize that these people, um, they're in the upper room. It's the day of Pentecost. And they are, they're seeking after the Lord. And God comes. And he comes in a spirit inside of them. He, he, he comes in the spirit inside of them. And now he's in them. And the evidence of God being in you is you begin to speak in a different language. That's called speaking in tongues or speaking in a, in a different language unknown to you. And so this is what happens to them. So, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. The reason why we like to, or we, we see that the spirit is represented in fire is because it can spread. And just like we were talking before with the tongue, if you use it positively, it's going to spread like fire. And here they're using their tongue positively. They have the spirit of God and the spirit of God begins to spread. So they come out of the upper room. And I've talked about this before in some previous podcasts, but um, they come out and they begin to spread the word. And it was by these different languages that other people from different nations were able to understand what these people were saying. Even though they had no clue what they were saying, other people could understand what they were saying. So it wasn't like they were just mumbo-jumbling words or, or not even words but just noises out of their mouth. There was really some essence to what they were saying behind um, their voice and, and behind their tongue. So um, – that is where we have this fire begins to spread and it begins to change things. Um, let's look at another representation of um, how fire um, it comes in an image here. This is in Exodus 3, 2 through 5, King James Version. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. This is um, Abraham. Unto him in a, oh, not Abraham, Moses, it comes unto Moses here, him as Moses. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire 
and the bush was not consumed. Here's the big thing. So you see this fire. We saw fire upon people's, um, like appeared unto them as cloven tongues set of fire set upon each one of them. And so that fire didn't burn them. Like it didn't like, it did not burn or hurt the people. And here we have the same fire that is burning with this bush, upon this bush, but the bush is not consumed. That means it's not being burned. And so this this is really uh, th- this is the same the same fire from the Old Testament with Moses, and it's the same fire that's on the upper room on these people. <laughs> it's like, okay, come on, let's let's see this this resemblance here. This fire is the exact same fire. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. That's there's the key. So not only is this bush not burnt, but when that fire is 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 glowing, is is burning, it causes you to look over. If you've ever been um, driving, or maybe you're riding with your parents, um, if you notice that there's like smoke going up in the air somewhere in the distance, or maybe you do see fire, um, you're you're attracted to it. You just you you mentally want to just look over there. You want to drive over there. You want to go check it out. You want to investigate. You want to see what's going on. Is is it like a house is on fire? Or a building's on fire? Or is it just a campfire? It's just there's something about us that that draws us to that fire. <clears throat> and it's not burning this bush. Um, moving on in the scripture. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see. God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither or don't come any closer. Put off your, put off thy shoes from off thy feet for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. And so, Moses takes off his feet or his feet, <laughs> he takes off his shoes and he's on his feet and he's now in the presence of God and he begins to receive what God has to to say to him. And then by, um, by that, God begins to speak through Moses to Pharaoh. Okay, so this is the, this fire speaking burning i mean all of this is kind of coming together here okay so he's on holy ground he's speaking we have the appearance of fire all of this is going on this is all positive this is great things that are taking place here in the word of god in multiple different locations inside of the word and um let's let's move on to another portion of the bible talking about fire Kind of bringing all of this together. So by this fire, we've got it burning. We've got it um, spreading. We have it where it, it's hurting. Um, it's hurting. And in fact, let's just talk about hurting here with this next one. Um, this is a, a longer one. So we're going to stop in the middle of some of the parts and kind of explain some things here. So this is Daniel 3, 20 through 28, King James Version. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, 
their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. So one thing to catch in this little script, this um, scripture, this sentence here, is that these men, they were basically caught up exactly, that they were um, bound up in exactly their their current status, where they were, who they were, what they were wearing, okay? So it wasn't like they knew that this was going to happen and they went and got their best outfits or or they were stripped of their clothing or anything. No, these men um, that were under the order of uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, um, they went and got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they were and they bound them up. Okay, so we have these fully clothed in people with all their garments, everything, and they're bound up as they are right there. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot. So king says, do it. They do it right there, right then. They don't wait. They don't do anything else. They just bind them up right there as they are. Um, There's some great things just like God wants to use you just as you are. Happened with Moses just the way he was. That's the way God wanted him to be, to start his ministry that was prepared for him. So moving on, therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So this is real fire. This isn't just the image of fire. This is real fire. (laughs) And we know it's real because these men that Nebuchadnezzar told to bind up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they're hauling them or pushing them into or close to this fiery furnace, they become slayed. Like, they die. They begin to feel the effects of the fire on their bodies, and they died trying to do what the king was telling them to do. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound, into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake, and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose. Okay, so here's some big stuff here. Just this little little part has what? One, two, three, four, five, six words here. Lo, I see four men loose. Okay, he sees four men. They're supposed to be three. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know this story. I'm just having fun with it. But we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's this fourth person somewhere in there. What is going on here? And not only is there four, but they're loose. They were bound, and now they're loose. Keep a hold of that. Hopefully I can remember because I want to talk about that a little bit later. Walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God. I mean, this is obvious. This has caught his attention. I'm sure it's caught a lot of people's attention. There's this huge fiery furnace burning hotter than it's ever burned before. And they're all kind of there to watch this greatness, this this, this entertainment 
that's going on here. And the king himself is like, okay, this is this is crazy. This this what is going on here? So he says, "Ye servants of the Most High God, there's there, only a God could possibly make people not burn in this furnace. Obviously, real people were dying, but these three, something's going on here. Ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither." Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire, and the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men, upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of the fire had passed on them. So (laughs) this is huge, okay? Their bodies were not burned. The fire had no power, no power over them, nor was a hair on their head singed. I mean, if you catch your hair on fire, it's obvious. It stinks. Um, it, it happens fast. Um, the next part, neither were their coats changed, meaning they weren't burned. They didn't have um, a, a darkened tone to them or a tanned tone to the the threads in these coats or these clothing that they were wearing, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. If you've ever been to a campfire for just maybe even five minutes, you go somewhere else and you can still smell that campfire on you. They didn't even have that. There was no – it's like they were not even there. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him. I have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. So here we have the negative effects of fire. These are going on to... The men who bound up these three and tossed them into the fiery furnace, they died because of the fire. It slew them. Also, the fire took care of the of the 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 whatever they were using, rope or twine or whatever was used to bind these men up. That was consumed as well. But those that were servants of the most high God, their bodies were no fire had power. No hair on their head was, was burned up. Their coats were not changed. And the, the smell of even fire was not even on them. So this is, this is big. Okay? This is big. Think about this. If you are working and acting in the true spirit under God's authority, nothing can hold you back. The The... Things that bind you up, whatever they be, and here rope or twine or whatever clothing that was used to bind these three men up, that that had no power over the real um, physical fire. Uh, they they that physical fire actually took care of those bindings. And allowed these men to be free. It was the fire that also loosened them. That made them free. So we have God in the midst of the fire with these men. We have God speaking through fire in the fiery um, bush. 
And then we have God speaking through people when they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So fire, God, they all come together. It's, it's just so obvious in this. Let's look at another um, scripture here. Jeremiah 20, 8 through 11, King James Version. For since I spake, I cried out. I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. So, um, but his word was in mine heart. As a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay, for I heard the defaming of many, fear on every side. Report, say they, and we will report it. All my familiars watched for my halting, saying, Peradventure, he will be enticed, and we shall prevail against him, and we shall take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty terrible one. Therefore my persecutors shall stumble, and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed, for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. So we have God inside of this man um, as a fire shut up in my bones. It's, it's the word of God. That is inside of him. And if you can imagine your bones kind of like being super hot, um, burning, that you you want to do something about it. You can't just sit still. You're not just going to sit on the couch. Oh, man, my bones are burning. You know, <laughs> you're not just going to sit there. You're going to be trying to do something about it. And so it's kind of like this word is so burning inside of him, inside of his heart. <clears throat> That he has to get it out. He has to say something and he can't even hold it. He tries to. He tries to hold it back, but he could not do that. And he just lets it out. And so the fire in his bones will want to come out. Um, You should have this fire inside of you. It should speak to you. You should want to speak that out when you're in the presence of such pain or, or negativity you should be you should allow that fire to burn inside of you. I want that fire to be burning inside of me. I, I want it to just just boil out of me and be able to speak what needs to be said. Um this scripture really brings up a song <clears throat> that I've heard. Um I haven't heard it in a while. Um I know we used to sing it in our church a couple times. Um but it's called Like a Fire. And it, the, the version that I pulled was uh, by Planet Shakers. Um, feel free to go check out this song. But it starts out with that, that part of the verse right there. Like a fire shut up in my bones. And it goes on to say, I want the world to know you are God. With a passion burning deep within, I want the world to know that you live. See, God, we know that he came in flesh. Jesus, and he died on the cross, but that was not the end, not the end at all. In fact, he rose up again, and he took care of some things, and now he can live inside of us as that burning fire, the cloven tongue set upon our heads, the the fire that is the spirit of God can be on us because he died 
on the cross and was risen again. Um, so I want to let the world know that you, Jesus, you, God, you live. Let your presence come and saturate every part of me. Make me new. Let your spirit come and move within. Fill me once again because I need more. This is this is the fire that's shut up in my bones. This is what we're talking about. We want God to be in us, speak through us, use us, fill my whole body. Um, Jesus, I'm desperate for you. Jesus, I'm hungry for you. Jesus, I'm longing for you. Lord, you are all I want. And then it goes into the bridge, I believe it is. It says, come like a flood and saturate me now. You're all I want. Come like the wind and sweep throughout this place. You're all we want. Here's the thing. When there's a flood coming, you can't stop it. It's powerful. If you see any videos of like tsunamis or massive waves or anything, you're going to notice that it just, it's just sure destruction. And it's not like you're going to go out with an umbrella and not be wet. You're going to get saturated. You're going to be soaked to the bone. (laughs) That's what we want. We want this fire to come upon us. We want the spirit of God to come to us, flood us and saturate us to the bone so that our, this fire shut up in my bones. Um, come like the wind and sweep throughout this place. Let me tell you, the wind, the the wind is dangerous. You cannot see it. You can't hear it. You only notice it because of the reaction of what it does. Blows the leaves or it blows things that make the sound like the tree, the wind blowing through the trees or buildings or through, um, the fence or or around a house or through poles, okay? That's the sound, a, a reaction. The sound is a reaction from the wind. It's powerful and it can just, I, I believe I've even heard that the wind is probably the most powerful force out there known to the scientific world. And so the wind, we want it to be like, we want the spirit of God to come upon us like the wind, and sweep throughout this place. Change everything. When we're in his presence, everything changes. Which brings up another song. But I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> so we have all of this going on. Um, with this fire. We want it to be burning. So here's some things to kind of think about. When you do any kind of research in like forest fires. Or fires that have taken place. Um, you will learn that it's not just destruction that makes kind of like the news or 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 surgery or research um it's not just the destruction but later on you see that it also begins to purge things away it starts to clean things when you have a forest you get these trees and if that forest becomes very super dense you're going to realize that these trees are they're they're blocking the sun they're blocking wind they're blocking stuff from coming underneath and so you don't really get a whole lot of under under the tree foliage or bushes or plants or anything so you just have trees sometimes um unless you can get some good water or sunlight somehow able to come through so when fire comes through, it purges those trees, it burns them down, and then it like creates a way for new plants to the area or or new life to begin to be formed in that area. So let's go through story time here. Um, 
my daughter and I, we were outside and we had just picked up some pine cones in our backyard. And um, I decided while we were picking up some of this um, leftover debris that we would go to the front yard. We have another tree in the front yard and it's kind of dying. And um, so it definitely sheds um, sticks, branches and stuff down. So we go and pick up all these um, dead sticks and branches, whatever has fallen, some twigs and whatnot. And we bring them over. We kind of break them down and we put them in a little fire pit that we have. And this is kind of one of those metal fire pits that's kind of uplifted off the ground. Um, And so we put them in there and we're going to just burn them. And um, maybe get some marshmallows, you know, hang out by the fire for a little bit. We just got out of winter. Um, so it was, you know, it's still a little cool outside. So it was going to be nice to have a little bit of fire there, a little bit of warmth there. And so I light this thing on fire. And then my daughter and my son now, he comes out to play with us. He's one and a half around that age. And she is she just turned five and so they're out playing and um this fire's going and i'm making sure that they're staying away from the fire and i go to help uh, my daughter with something and i turn around and i notice that the fire where the fire pit is the the grass right underneath that fire pit underneath the metal cauldron like thing was on fire it wasn't like blazing fire, but it, it was fire. So knowing that fire spreads, um, I go over there real quick and I kind of stomp it out with my foot, uh, with my shoe. And I'm like, just you know, stomp it out a little bit. It goes away. And I'm like, okay, wow, that's weird. I just didn't, never thought that that would actually happen. But hey, it makes sense. You know, fire, just keep an eye on it. So I go back to my daughter and I turn around and now that fire <laughs> started back up. And it kind of had spread just a little bit. So it's kind of like consuming kind of the whole base underneath the base of this fire pit that I have. So and it starts growing out um, away from this fire pit. So I'm like, okay, I got to take care of this. So I go ahead and start stomping in and out. And when I finally make my way all the way around my little fire pit. By the time I got back around to where I started, the fire had started back up. <laughs> so it's like I'm, I'm continuously going around this fire pit trying to stomp this out. So I knew that this is starting to get just a little bit out of control. I couldn't keep an eye on that and my children. So I tell Brooklyn, take Lincoln inside, uh, my children. They go inside. <clears throat> Dana, my wife, comes out and she's like, are you okay? Is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. She's like, do we need to call the fire department? I'm like, no, we don't want, we don't want a fire truck to come out because of a f- little fire pit. Like, <laughs> that would be embarrassing. Everybody would watch it and stuff. Well, I'm trying to stomp this thing out. This thing continues to grow. I mean, it's slowly growing, but it is growing. And I finally get to the point where it's like, obviously, stomping this out is not working. I'm sure if anybody is watching me right now, they're thinking I'm doing some sort of like, Indian tribal fire dance or something because I just keep stomping on the ground going in a circle around this fire pit. So um, I finally decide, you know what, let's go get the water hose. Well, I go to the spigot, the fire, the water, the water hose is not there. So I run to the garage where the fire hose or the, the water hose is because um, that's where we had just come through the winter. It was stored away. So I get it out. I'm trying to get the, the um, water hose just 
um, screwed into the spigot and finally get that, turn it on. I run out there with this water hose and I'm spraying it down. But by the time I get out there, I mean, this thing had grown. And from like one edge of this crazy wild looking blob um, on the ground from one side to the other side was probably somewhere around 20 to 25 foot. I mean, this thing was enormous. Um, and everything inside of it was just black, burnt grass. And there were some toys that were inside of the circumference of this this fiery um, blob. And it wasn't like – it wasn't this huge fire. It wasn't like – I wasn't really afraid that it was going to burn down the house. But, I mean, if it got close to the house, it could possibly spread even bigger. So here I'm trying to take care of it. The water takes care of it. Everything's good there. Um, but the remains, I went up into – um, one of our bedrooms, look out the window in the backyard so I could kind of see what it looked like. And it was just this massive black blob in my yard. And so we got it all watered down. Everything's good. The fire stopped. Thankfully, all was good. And uh, my neighbor, who is to our the backside of our um, backyard, I saw him, and he's one of our um, neighborly friends. And I was talking to him, just letting him know, hey, there was a fire. If you happen to notice something, you know, just kind of keep an eye on your yard and stuff. I don't want, you know, your yard to get burnt. And he begins to tell me that, you know, it's funny that you mentioned this. Um, he said, my dad used to burn his the grass in his yard. And he would do it like every few years or so. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to imagine this, like some person going out there. But then it made sense. He said, you're going to notice that that spot right there come um, springtime when plants and stuff are starting to grow that your grass is going to grow and it's going to be the plushest and the the greenest grass that you have in your yard and i'm like you know i've heard of this happening but now i get to really see this i get to experiment with this and see if if this is true or not you know you hear about it in the books and science but now we get to really see it and Sure enough, we're on now in fall. I can tell you, <laughs> I can still see where that black was, that whole burnt section in my yard was, but it's no longer black. It doesn't even look like it was burnt. What I can tell though is that that grass is greener, it's plusher, it looks good. <laughs> I might have to burn the rest of my yard so it looks, you know, all uniform. Um, but this is this is so true that fire consumes things and it th- makes way for new things to happen. So fire can be a positive thing. And when you have the fire, representation of God, the spirit that's inside of you, it begins to make changes and it starts burning and hurting things that you shouldn't have in your life. And it starts to burn and consume those things. And yeah, it hurts sometimes that you're going to have to get rid of friends that, that maybe are not helping you in your walk with God or maybe you have to get rid of some of the things that you do like maybe some of the things that you like to do maybe the movies that you watch or the games you play or the music you listen to um you that is the fire of God moving and consuming and trying to help you get closer and be closer to him so that you can feel that fire shut up in your bones so that you begin to speak with him the evidence of him speaking through you. Um, and and that's, that's what it is to be burning for God, to be like a fire and to allow God to be a fire inside of your life. So it's definitely not an easy task 
just getting the Holy Ghost and receiving the gift of the Spirit and speaking in tongues, that, that that's not the hard part. That's actually pretty easy. It's allowing that fire to move inside of you and to start making changes in your life. Because once it starts making those changes, you start getting some good results. New things start growing in your life. You start realizing, man, I'm no longer playing this game and I'm spending more time reading the Bible or spending more time praying. Um, I'm, I'm getting away from these foods that are not really good for my body and I'm kind of fasting those or not even using those anymore. Maybe maybe I'm getting away from this or that and it's starting to allow times to come forward where I can start representing God the way that he wants me to represent him. So yes, it's hard. It's hard to do some of these things. It's hard to not only just get the Holy Ghost, that's easy, but then to keep it and to allow it to change you, that's hard. Change is always hard. Growing is always hard. But here's the thing. It's doing the hard thing to get the right result. And that is what it means to stay strong. God strong. Until next time, God bless. Feel free to go check out the song um, Like a Fire. Um, The one I listened to was Planet Shakers, but there's several different versions out there. Go check it out if you've never heard it or listened to it. Let it speak to you and pray that God would begin to move inside of your life. Start consuming some of the things that you need to get rid of so that new things can start to grow inside of you. God bless.